right, hello and welcome to the At YouTube Podcast, episode number 28, where we talk about all things YouTube, album news, stop laughing, tour dates, community discussions from the staff of At YouTube. This is weird seeing people while we talk because we were using Blab once again this week to record the podcast. And so people can see if I, I have to remember that people can actually see me when I'm not paying attention to what I'm supposed to be paying attention to. <laughs> so I'm joined, uh, of course, by Mr. Matt McGee. Hello, Matt. Hey, Chris. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. I heard some very, uh, very, very nice Canadian accents on the last episode. <laughs> What's good, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> and, and down in the bottom, in the, below the fold, is uh, Beth and Chris of the at YouTube or the YouTube Tattoo Project. I've just started now. Anytime I see YouTube, I add the at sign. So my apologies, but friends of that YouTube, anyways. But welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. And so as you um, will be aware, probably will be a little bit goofier than usual because we can see each other and there's also people watching live. So if you're listening later, just the audio, we'll try not to do too much that's like video version only, but there will be a a video version that you can watch embedded on the page somewhere. We'll point that out later. Um, But so we'll have a, there's a live chat room. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, I was just like one of the benefits though of doing the video and you guys, if you missed it last week when we did this, was that one of us, I guess it was me, I went on this long spiel where I was talking for like three minutes. I think it was me. And then somebody else started doing the Larry Mullen, you know, from Rattle and Hum with the, you know, when he's <laughs> making the motions and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun we can do and, and torturing of, of people <laughs> as they talk. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but we'll try and keep it to a minimum. Right. We'll keep it professional like usual. <laughs> As always. <laughs> the video journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which, well, speaking of video, uh, I think this will get carried over to the, let's see if this works here. I'm going to drop this in. You guys said this wasn't, heads up, drop-ins won't show in recordings. Okay. So that won't actually work. Never mind. There's a video we'll link to in the, in the show notes anyways of Bono, The Edge, being interviewed at the iHeart Radio Awards, which they were recently at and uh, attended um, oh, and there it comes. Oh, is it playing? Just, 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 I'm hearing like three of them because all of a sudden all the videos started playing on my computer here on top of it. So, anyways, the live listeners won't, or the recording later won't hear that. I don't think is what it told me anyways so you'll have to go watch it yourself but there's a six minute interview with bono and the edge we'll buy a nice gentleman in a funny suit um and uh interesting suit but uh what do we think about the uh iheart radio awards thing we had this in the round table we'll just quickly discuss this right now matt what do you think who who all saw it i i watched it i suffered through it did you guys all watch it well, i didn't i watched i watched the youtube segment <laughs> did not watch the rest Oh, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> Even the YouTube segment alone had like eight cuts to Justin Bieber. And I was like, uh, <laughs> done. So, yeah, it, yeah, it was ahead. not good. It was, I mean, it's just, I, you know, I hate to sound like the old fogey, you know, get off my lawn. And I, I this is what I wrote in OTR on Sunday night. I just feel like such an old man when I watch these shows with all these artists, half of whom I've never heard of and have never heard their music. But it's just, it was so really, really, really dreadful. It was just terrible, the whole show. And 
Because it's yeah. so for folks who are maybe as far as I know, it's just a U.S. thing, iHeartRadio, or is it an international? I've never really it's heard. In, of it. It's Clear Channel. Oh, okay. It, right. It used to be clear. It, right. It used to be Clear Channel. So. Right. And so this is. It felt like, and maybe this. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it's like one of those made-up awards to bring artists together, and then to have an award show basically to advertise their thing. Right. It's kind of. Yep. More or less. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good pretty good summation of it. It's like the third year they've done it and and hopefully the last. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think this is gonna go on for years. iHeartRadio is clear channel, wonderful at self promotion. Yes. That's true. There's no <laughs> argument there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the YouTube segment though? I mean, I thought the um I thought that the video entry or the um you know, what they played before Bono and Edge came up was, was great, uh, was a nice uh, kind of homage to, um, to U2's history. And Pharrell's introduction was great. He got all the names of the band members right <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and said some great things about them, though he did kind of have to insist, you know, stand up for Bono and the Edge. Yeah, like that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's what they did. That, so. That's that's what caught like that's what caught my eye and 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 again you know kind of speaks to the the crowd that's in attendance at this and watching at home is that he had to you know every he was like you know he had to like cheerlead to get everybody to stand up and then he was like going like this you know get off your feet get off your feet you know these guys are you know legends and all this sort of stuff so I I don't know I just it just I just it felt so out of place to me for them to be there and but more power to him for doing it and more power to Bono by the way who was in Egypt like, you know, 24 hours earlier or something like that. And yeah. his travel schedule, whoever books his travel, you know, is just killing the guy. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but in all fairness, as as kind of bored as the, uh, the younger stars looked when the camera would cut to them during Bono and Edge's time on stage, uh, I think it was reciprocated with that. Did you see that still sh that screenshot of Bono and Edge in the audience, yeah. looking like grumpy cats? <laughs> yes, during during a performance by G Easy, who I'd never heard of, and I had to confirm <laughs> with my 18 year old son that it is actually a hit song and popular at the moment. So yeah, that was. Uh, I'm glad that that's how I would have been sitting and how I was sitting there through that performance. So, yeah. <laughs> G Easy. <laughs> I guess I'm going to be M easy from now on. <laughs> Sounds like a new appliance that GE is about to launch. It does your toast and your eggs at the same time. The new GE. <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. I wish they would have come. Well, and then Bono was talking about uh, how great it was to to hear um, song for someone in every breaking wave on the radio during a speech. And there was one scream. And I was like, oh, I think that was Syl. She's there. Um, but like it was... <laughs> It was just like crickets otherwise. Yeah. And you have to know that they like they feel that too. And, and that's what I was gonna say is like I wish they would have cut away to like Larry at home just like smashing his TV or something. <laughs> Watching like, I told you guys you shouldn't have been here. Or just laughing, you know, with, with a sinister look on his face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Suckers <laughs> made made you do it. <laughs> I just like, I got to get home and finish putting together a bookcase. Yeah. <laughs> Can we wrap this up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's like, he, uh, they've had some fun uh, fun photos this, this last week or so, I guess it's been, but uh, of just like interesting <laughs> things that they're up to. Yeah, We're going to look back on this as like the golden age of you two on social media, right? Like Edge posting oh, yeah. Ikea photos. <laughs> yeah, it's their, their, their uh, social media game is, is strong. <laughs> Very strong. <laughs> well, and uh, segue that into... Uh, Adam's little campaign that he's a part of that's uh, for mental health, the Mind Your Selfie, hashtag Mind Your Selfie campaign, promoting a series of mental health information ebooks that will be available to schools, colleges, businesses, and communities, um, which I'm guessing is just Ireland-focused uh, campaign at, at this point anyways, but uh, obviously with the internet, it goes worldwide. And so as we heard on the couple episodes ago, there's a few Adam fans out there, so I'm sure um, they're also minding his selfies. <laughs> this week as he <laughs> takes part in this campaign um but yeah any thoughts on on the uh mind yourself a campaign and adam's involvement there what's uh, he gonna adam do he's gonna selfies. he's gonna is he gonna he's so he's gonna do something on friday like posting selfies all over social media is that what what the thing is well i think writing wasn't he gonna write is this I, i'm assuming that's part of this like he's writing for british no, 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 no. The, writing thing, the writing thing is totally separate the writing oh, thing okay. is for um I should assume for GQ, the British GQ, and it's uh, an art thing. He's like their arts columnist or something. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Okay. Yeah. Fire my research. Uh, so I think it's totally, I, I think it's totally separate. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it's 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 cool that he that he you know has sort of found this sort of this sort of channel for him to sort of you know be active and you know have a. I guess like have a cause that he can get behind and all that sort of stuff because, you know, Bono and Edge obviously have theirs and Larry has done, you know, a couple of things over the years as well. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's cool that he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Sorry, we're just kind of scanning over here. It's fascinating. We're, we're seeing campaign. what at you two has to say about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did at you two say anything good today? Because I was I was so busy today. <laughs> Uh, so they're asking um, this Friday, April 8th, they're asking all social media users to take a selfie and share it using the hashtag uh, mind your selfie and um, direct people to the walk in my shoes website, get them to download free mental health eBooks. Um, but I don't know if Adam's what Adam's doing yeah, specifically. Okay. Well, share selfies. In April selfies. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Adam's fans will have something to look forward to <laughs> on Friday, I guess. <laughs> Um, and uh, so yeah, let's go to the inbox um, from f- questions from listeners from uh, of the podcast. You can send these in using hashtag Ask at You Two on Twitter. Um, you can also actually, if you're live right now, you want to, you can, as Jeff has done, um, you can send type in the little chat thing to the right where it says send a message. You type slash Q, type in your little or a big message. I guess I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're and, not limited to 140 characters. No, right? exactly. So Sherry just joined, so I'm sure she'll have plenty of feedback. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's move on to the, the actual questions that came in. At Charaf asked, the note Larry posted looking to form a band. Was the note saved? Is it at any rock and roll museum or little museum of Dublin? I I don't know. Do you guys know if that... Not if, that I've ever seen. I, yeah. I mean, that'd be the Holy Grail, but I've not seen it at rock and roll or at little museum. Mm-mm. Wasn't there? No, yeah, I don't think I've seen the note itself. But and I as a matter I saw, of fact, we've ahead, even Chris. been to the archives at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, we've been in the basement and not seen anything oh, really? at all. Requested all of their U two, and they've got about one cart of U two material there. 
which isn't much. And no. A lot of cool exchanges about the installation at the museum and how to hang the trabants and stuff. But um, the the oldest thing I've seen kind of um, hearkening back to their their high school days was uh, that early shirt Larry designed that he's like screen printed in a shop class that has kind of the first U2 logo on it, um, which is pretty, pretty fascinating. It's not at the Rock and Roll Museum anymore, but um, I, I've never seen the note. I don't know where it is or if it, you know. Somebody saved well, it. So, so in the blab chat, uh, U2GW, our friend Jeff, s- says it wasn't in the LMOD display when we at the little museum uh, when we were there. And for some reason, I think I saw something related mm-hmm. to the note at the little museum, but I don't remember if it was the note itself or if it was just like a little, you know, like a little display card talking about the note. But I seem to remember something, but I can't remember. And I would think if if the actual note itself was there, I probably would have taken a photo of it. So, or stolen it completely. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Matt just pans his camera to the left, you'll actually see it hanging there. He just doesn't want to have any incriminating evidence on the podcast. It's pinned. <laughs> it was hanging above the fireplace turn- next to the McFisto uh, statue. Yeah. <laughs> How do I turn my camera off on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Because uh, I think Chris, I think I, Chris, is, I think all, you're all smart enough to take over my camera and right. <laughs> move it around. <laughs> Don't go that way. <laughs> uh, at Not Mason Merritt asked, so what do you think you two makes of Muse and Coldplay taking so much inspiration from 360 and IE for their current tours? Um, I haven't, I'm a, closet Coldplay fan? Are we allowed to admit we like Coldplay on the YouTube? Sometimes you get oh, yeah, sure. angry. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, but I, yeah, I've definitely seen like... Come out of the closet, Chris. <laughs> exactly. The Coldplay closet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a title for you. The, uh, definitely Chris Martin has been like a huge unabashed fan of uh, U2 and Bono. And so sometimes it feels a little bit too on the nose. His like inspiration, you know, of from U2 or whatever, the way he's trying to like get Johnny Cash to sing a song for them, <laughs> that he's written and stuff and sort of following the exact path that U2 took. And they've, I think they've strayed from that a little bit, but I haven't seen any of their current tours though. So I don't, I can't speak to how much uh, inspiration or theft, but either of you guys, folks. I haven't seen um, Coldplay live. I saw Muse live when they opened for U2 uh, and their stage sure looks similar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's weird <laughs> oh come on now <laughs> but, but otherwise no they were under you... this four-legged thing right <laughs> um i wish you too would steal some stuff from uh from them like Coldplay, don't they do the cool light up bracelets like that are in sync with you know, the entire crowd and with the band i think that'd be fun oh right yeah yeah it's uh, and and i haven't seen I saw, I think I saw a video, a Muse video or something like that. And, and I mean, people have said that before, you know, that Muse and Coldplay and even some others, you know, borrow stuff from U2. And that's probably true. But at the same time, you know, U2 is not the first band to have TVs on its stage, right? Zoo TV, go look at um, Stop Making Sense with the Talking Heads. Um, the, 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 the inspiration like for, for all the messages during the fly, the flashing messages, that was all from an artist named. Uh, I think it's Jenny Holzer or something like that. So I just, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're always, we're, you know, I, because people 
comment on Facebook and I read the comments on our Facebook page or they tweet it at you too and I read that. And there's always a lot of, you know, oh, the, you know, these guys are just copying you too. But, you know, you too has copied a lot of people over the years mm-hmm. too. So it's all, you know, I think it all, there's, you know, it's give and take is what I guess I'm trying to say. And there's kind it's of not like it's 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 not like you two is the only artist in music that's ever had original ideas. So yeah. Uh, did you notice that iHeartRadio uh, catwalk heart? Very elevation. Yes, it did. <laughs> right, it looked exactly <laughs> like the elevation store, didn't it? I was hoping yeah. they'd start chasing each other around. <laughs> <laughs> That's just in the YouTube fanfic. Uh, all right. <laughs> Hawkmoon 13. Wow. I have no idea. I just assume it's out there. And, and out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> in that special Adam Facebook group. Um, at Hawkmoon 13 asks, uh, during the 360 tour, Bono rapped at the end of Sunday Bloody Sunday performances. What was he rapping? I forgot to go back and look or listen, but any idea? What tours? Um, I don't, but it, Ross Perry from our staff, I think, is still in the chat. Ross, if you do, you know the answer to that. What did he rap at the end of Sunday Bloody Sunday? And actually, Ross, if you want to join join in, just feel free. We'll come back to that maybe if you feel comfortable enough to join in for a brief moment. You don't have to. Stay yeah, for the if whole you have show. a if, if you have a camera and stuff on your laptop, that would be fine as well. Or even just audio. So that's too. different from his um, rap after moment of surrender. The one that's. Life is uh, short, but it's the longest thing you'll ever do. That's not what we're talking about, right? I don't think so. I, right? I no, there was there was there was something else at the end of at the end of Sunday Bloody Sunday. It was, I I don't remember exactly what he said, but but there was. It was something related to the whole, and it led into um, I'll go crazy if I don't go crazy tonight. The remix. So yeah, I just I don't remember what the what the rap was though. Yeah. All right, with Ross is out there, join, click the uh, call in, I think, button or whatever it's called there and join us. Um, so we'll come back to that if we can. But uh, at Lionholic, something like that, the band have a lot of Bono centric songs. Do they have any songs regarding the personal lives of other band members? They're sort of like inferred uh, or implied or, but yeah, what, Beth, you Isn't Love is Blindness um, Edge inspired? Yeah, that's what I was sort of thinking. Like the whole Actung baby has been talked about as part of it is like about Edge's divorce and marriage breakdown and, and that kind of stuff, right? Is that what you're alluding to? So yeah, so cruel too. I would I would put in that same same category. I don't know if they've ever like have they ever like specifically said this is written about that situation or have they just said that the situation sort of inspired those songs? I don't know. But yeah. It, it seems like in From the Sky Down, um uh I think Bono talks pretty explicitly as as Edge does that guitar solo for Love is Blindness. Um, I can't remember how directly he does talk about it, but I definitely went, came away with the sense that it, that, that song especially was, was tied to what Edge was going through at the time. And I would, I would also add um, Miracle Drug, which I tend to believe is inspired at least in part by Edge's situation with his daughter's illness. Um, Right. I think it's very uh, intentional that Edge sings that uh, that portion of the song about science and medicine. I was a stranger, you let me in. And that was right when he was getting very active in that whole, you know, all the things that he's active in now in terms of, of medicine and, and research and all that sort of stuff. I think So I think that would be um, another one that, you know, is not Bono-centric. 
Yeah. And there's other uh, songs where fans have sort of like Drowning Man was, you know, allegedly maybe about Adam or something at one point or whatever. And not that the right, band yeah, themselves explicitly said that or whatever. But yeah, I could think what they're getting at too is like, you know, where Edge would almost have a have written more of the song itself and be more more uh, autobiographical. Yeah. Um, but in the same way that a lot of Bono's written songs are very much about, explicitly about his father, his mother, his, you know, et cetera, his life. So, but I, think I mean, he's the main lyric, he's the main yeah, lyric writer, right? That's what so. I was going to say. Yeah. So not a lot of Larry songs, I guess, is what we're getting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Larry, well, there'll be a new one. Uh, there'll be there'll be one on the next album called FOAD. <laughs> <laughs> iHeartRadio FOAD. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Follow up question uh, from Lyron Hollick. Uh, what upsets? I'm guessing what upsets me most about the delay in the new album is that they presented the release of Songs of Innocence as a first part and to be continued, and so sort of alluding to the fact that maybe. The, the common refrain among these two fans of give me my music now, please. And I heard some, a little bit of whining from Matt last episode. So it's not, no, not a, oh, no, no. Of, <laughs> where's my Guilty. album? Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, I listened back to that. And I was a little embarrassed by, by my reaction. So maybe we'll just like delete that podcast. Can you delete things, Chris? No, not from the internet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> And Matt, just for anybody who listened to that episode, Matt specifically requested that I add um, "Sleep Like a Baby" to the show, even though he. No, I did. <laughs> no, I, no, I did not. <laughs> this is not true at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm good out. with delay. I am still reconciling expenses. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Me so too. take your time, boys. Yeah, I need a that's few more how I, That's kind of how yeah. I feel about it as well. If it's you know, because if they did a new tour with a new album, I'd be like, oh gosh, I gotta go see all the shows. All the shows. So, so if it's if it's going to be toured that with you know this this album that we already have, then I'll be like, all right, I'll go see a couple shows maybe. Right, Chris, uh, you, sure. Chris, Chris, I, Chris, you need to go see a show. Yeah, I do. So if anybody uh, needs a podcast edited, come talk to me. <laughs> with as long as you have money to pay for it, uh, there's lots of people who podcast who don't have money, just like me. Okay, uh, <laughs> at you to calm Sherry. Uh, not sure who, who this is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, ask how many frequent flyer miles do you think Bono has currently? Round it to the nearest million. So maybe in the chat room, if your folks can send a little message at the bottom and put your guesstimate in for how many my frequent flyer flyer miles and uh, whoever's closest. You don't, you think you say zero? He doesn't collect them. He flies private jets, doesn't he? Yeah, isn't there some? Don't some we think? Don't we card? think he flies private jets everywhere? I would. I would. He, 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 he sings that he does. He's he sings right, that he, he sees, does. He sees the fighter planes from his private planes. Right. Um, no, I know that for the IE tour, they um, they rented a jet because they had it re they had it made over, and then right. they leased that jet out uh, when they weren't using it to um, like standby airline companies. I forget whom they really who they rented it through. Right. Weren't there some sports teams using it, Chris? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was some oh, sports yeah. teams were using it, and then a couple of like. There was a couple of BA flights, British Airways flights, that like got dumped, dumped or canceled, and so the company that actually owns that jet sent it to go do quick ferry flights over for like you know commuter flights where they needed a a, a leg filled. Gotcha. That'd be funny. Unfortunately, yeah, okay. Alaska Airlines never used that jet for flights from Tri Cities to Seattle. <laughs> I never got that lucky. <laughs> I think the Gators used it. Yeah, the Gators used it. Yeah, the yeah. Florida Gators used it. 
That's right. Oh, nice. But Ibano is such an innovator. I thought he was teleporting by now. <laughs> yes, that's why he wins awards. <laughs> that's Elevation Partners' newest uh, thing they're, they're coming up with soon. <laughs> VR, skipping VR and going straight to teleportation. Uh, all right. So for the roundtable, <laughs> we want to discuss the uh, the fan survey. No, they're, they're traveling on the experience bus. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> cross cross country in the bus, <laughs> taking it back to the original U two tour. Um, yeah, we want to discuss the the fan survey that uh, Matt. I think I'm, I don't know who else was behind actually push pushing the code out and putting this all together on the yeah. Matt's pointing at himself, so um, it's all Matt. But uh, that thing is amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much amazing. Uh, a lot of virtual applause. You can, if you're in the oh, lab, you, you can give Matt props by clicking on his <laughs> <Yeah>. face. <laughs> there we go. Sixty-one, sixty-five. This is like when my wife one had like ninety-five <laughs> likes on my tweet. There you go. You can hear Chris's ninety-one. <laughs> Look at that. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> and a hundred. Winning the. <laughs> <laughs> Look, poor, poor guy. Chris only has seven. That is so sad. That's okay. Well, it converts from Canadian to American. It all works out actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! It jumped to like 105. Anyways, this is not in list. Not good radio. Um, anyways, Matt, where do we where do we start with this fan survey? Because um, we're we're sort of I was gonna say leaking it out, but it's not a leak. I guess for doing it intentionally, we're we're uh, putting sections yeah, out. I'm- yeah, I mean, years ago, I think um, the first two or three times that we did the survey, we ran it for like a month, and then it took me like a month to put it all together before you know releasing any any of the results. And so um, last year, or last year, last time, which was 2012, it seemed you know that seems pretty dumb. Why wait a month or two to put all the code together and grab all the screen grabs and all this sort of stuff? So we just released it like you know a couple sections at a time because it takes you know it takes a few hours to do what we published already. Here I go with the hands already. You think I'm Italian, but I'm not. I'm Irish. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we so we'll do. We did two sections. We did the first two sections this past week. If time allows, this weekend we'll get two more sections out. And hopefully each weekend uh, time will be um, such that I can push a couple of sections out. So, so yeah. So for the first couple uh, sections, uh, it's the you know who are you as a YouTube fan? Where are you? And like, what is your sort of you know just some generic behavioral questions about you know how you are as a YouTube fan? And so I wrote the the you know sort of the little recap article with some of the. Um, some of the highlight, what I thought were the highlights. I don't know if you know people can argue or, or not with that, but um, you know we're a lot older this time. Uh, the the amount of um, I think I think in in 2012 we were uh, like yeah 37 percent of us were 40 or older, and this year 59 percent were 40 and older. So I don't know how we suddenly jumped over four years. We got a much older. Uh, <laughs> Older demographic, it's which I wasn't expecting that to happen, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, what 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 stood out to you guys? Obviously, I mean, we do you want to talk about the tattoo question, guys? Since we have Beth and Chris on, and you know, like every time we do these surveys, we always ask when it's done. You know, do you have input? You know, give us feedback. You know, suggest questions we should ask next time. And so, Beth or Chris, I which one of you guys emailed me? Yeah, um, yeah. Some time ago, and said, "Hey, would you mind asking a question?" I thought, God, that's a 
great idea because, you know, the tattoo project was very visible on the tour. And so, yeah, let's see. So what was the what were the results for you guys? It was like six percent or eight percent? Six point eight six percent. So close to seven. And that was the one of, of what you've posted so far that caught me off guard. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for putting that question on there. That's doing leaps and bounds for, for us in terms of data collection. Um, but we both kind of guessed beforehand. And do you remember your guess for the percentage? Yeah, I said uh, I based it off the national average of 22 percent. Yeah. And I said 13 percent. And then and then seven percent. We were we were kind of surprised at that low number. So nationally, like one out of every five people. Really? Yeah. And those numbers get different. Um, Those numbers get different depending on age groups that you talk about or uh, gender. Even right now, the number one tattooed person demographic in America is a middle aged white female uh, who makes around 50 to 60 thousand dollars per year. A lot of tats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now see now you're making me wish i'd asked for income on the u2 survey so you could like actually compare that to <laughs> that'd be a little too invasive I'm, i'd be so uncomfortable asking no, yeah. for yeah but uh but it's, uh, so it, so it, it was pretty different from those um kind of national averages as far as american populations but um aligned with what we found when we went hunting at shows, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, we're still getting a limited, a narrow audience just by going and kind of staking out the GA line. Um, But, you know, in lines of 150 to 200 people, we'd only find, there was a range, you know, some days it was 10 and some days it was two. But, um, you know, if we found five or seven um, in that line, that's that's an even lower statistic than, um, than that 7% if, you know, I mean, math hurts my head, but, um, (laughs) but it's low. I was surprised. I mean, more people, more people have bought an Eden, um, shirt or a piece of merchandise than, than have a U2 tattoo. Yeah, I was, I, I didn't have any background on the stats that you guys obviously have. And so that's why the 22% seemed, I was surprised by that. Um, but I remember when we when I was putting the thing together, I thought that's probably going to be 15 percent was my mm-hmm. guess. And so when it came in at six point, I was like, wow, that seems really low. So now what people don't know is that and and Beth and I, we, Beth and I traded some emails this week in the survey software. There's also a way to sort of do I think it's called cross tabulation. So we can see how a group of people answered two different questions together. So I think I sent you uh, the chart or spreadsheet or whatever that showed the tattoo results aligned with by country. Was that at all Mm. unique or different or surprising in any way that like a certain country had more or less than you expected? Um, I think the fact that anybody in um, Algeria had a YouTube tattoo <laughs> was pretty exciting for me. I haven't totally mined through that one yet. Um, but, That's coming uh, for you. <laughs> Flights have been booked. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait till YouTube plays there. Um, uh, but the uh, but you pointed out an interesting statistic with or comparison with most of your the respondents to your survey were male, um, but women have the edge huh, in tattoos. <laughs> Yeah, um, I thought that I thought that was really interesting. The the survey was was seventy percent males took the survey, yet there were more females, the, high, the higher percentage of females. Um, it, it so it didn't follow with the overall survey, uh, with the overall survey trend. 
But it does follow more with national trends. I mean, women are more likely uh, to be tattooed, especially when you when you get to a younger demographic. So women, um, I think and I just lectured on this last week, um, but I think it was up to 51 percent estimate of women between the ages of 18 and 35 have some kind of tattoo, wow. some, even if it's something small, just a little dot, a dash, uh, the semicolon or any other kind of, uh, thing. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, I, Chris, the Canadian numbers are pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking through that, uh, to see the, uh, where are we here? Where is it? Canada? 7.4% Canadian. So, I mean, we're still getting internet up here and digging out of our igloos, so just give us a chance. But... <laughs> there, there's also uh, been an ink shortage, hasn't there? So yeah. <laughs> dramatically, <laughs> yeah, dramatically skewed the numbers. <laughs> there is, uh, well, I mean, I was going to say Ireland, only 3.75%. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that was interesting. And it's, it, you sort of wonder sometimes with this, and like, I know, Matt, you'd like, any sort of thing like this, there's always like, well, if you did it this way, what would happen in, you know, if it was like a five questions and you just had to say your country and do you listen to you too or whatever, would there be more responding because it's just not as long or whatever. And so then, you know, and you, you'd be able to pull if we had lots of time and data scientists working on this somehow, like Google analytics tying into this and seeing, you know, all that kind of stuff, but we're, it's just for fun. So relax if you're about to fire up. Yeah. Email. No, I mean, but that's, I mean, <laughs> but, that's a good point. Because I, I, I remember when we did the survey the very first time, it was 100 plus questions, I think, the first time. And there was a lot of feedback from people like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to sit and take 100 questions. And so, you know, we've thought over the years, you know, should we scale it way back? And and every year, you know, like the, the Chris, you might even remember the emails that we that we traded before we did this one. I'm like, you know can we delete a bunch of these questions? And so we had arguments, you know, like I want to delete this and I want to delete this. And so we scaled it back. I think we deleted like 10 or 12 questions, but then we added another, you know, six or eight. So it never gets, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that it's an incredibly long survey to take, but I just, you know, yeah, I'm, so I'm amazed that we get 3,500, you know, people that, that actually mm -hmm. respond to it. It's, you know, I think that's phenomenal. So, you too, GW so yeah, I mean, was... brings up a good point that who's going to see a Canadian's tattoo? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got I, uh, our month I wish of you'd asked, um, uh, not trying to start nothing, but I wish you'd ask um, who you two fans were voting for in the uh, American <laughs> upcoming <laughs> election. <laughs> I would be so <laughs> curious about that, just with Bono's little Sorry. rock the vote at the iHeart Awards. Yeah, he was yeah, totally apolitical, right? He tried to be um, not just like vote with your conscience and stuff. As I watched the one interview, anyways, I don't know. Did he say something actually on stage too? He pretty um, heavily. Uh, he he alluded to Trump in all but name. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I mean, in well, all but name. Well, he's right. He said something about something about you know Punching how weird it was. Yeah, like getting punched in the face at a political rally or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, right. for just he said, you know, it's scary to think there are some countries that um, don't have the freedom to create music. And then he segued into, um, you know, and in, in some countries um, you can get punched in the face for disagreeing with a politician. Uh, and then he That's, sort of, you know, um, gave the the. the the side eye, the, the, side the old Johnny Carson mug. He's like, but that would never happen in this country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the old Carson cutaway. So. And then he said, rock the vote. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have, has he figured out how to get on the ballot yet? Because that's where I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote for him in a heartbeat at this point. That's for sure. <laughs> Bono 20, whatever. <laughs> Well, so that's a related one that I actually just clicked on is kind of is the question of has you two inspired you to join an organization or become active in a cause or campaign? And it's kind of split almost 50, 50 well, 48, 51, I guess, basically. Um, and and in 2012, it was closer to 60 percent that said yes. So so that's that was down quite a bit. Right. I mean, I, I consider those, those eight or 10 percent quite a bit. Aren't pushing so hard was, at concerts. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna take that data as a call to action for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was struck by the um, by the fact that that we listen to you two less often. Like you know, because the the question is how often do you listen to you two? And two surveys ago in 2010, it was 63 percent. So almost two out of three say that they listen to you two five times a week. And now it's down to 50%. And do you guys, like, I, I'm in that group. I don't listen to you two as every day, you know, like I probably did five to five, 10 years ago. Um, are you, yeah. do you guys, is your listening habit that changed as well? It, it, it fluctuates. And right now I'm, it, it's kind of non-existent. Um, but then there are times where it's kind of every second that I'm in the car, they're on. But uh, it has waned some lately. Um yeah, I have to say after 19 shows in a, what, <laughs> four-month period, I uh, kind of needed a, a bit of a breather from, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing and enjoyable, but 19 shows in four months or five months, I needed, a, I needed to kind of give my ears a little something different to chew on before I could go back to it. And I've started to now, now that, you know, we've been off of it since, what, Thanksgiving, I mm -hmm. think, yeah. you know, so I've, I'm starting to put the discs back in on raw. I have a, an hour commute each way every morning. And so I'm starting to put them back on now with in the rotation. Discs. I have I have a twelve minute commute, and it's just enough to listen to Sleep Like a Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Worst commute ever. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see the the you know in the future batches of your results when people start naming favorites. If that aligns with um, what people yeah. thought of Songs of Innocence. Um, mm. You know, I uh, think anything they do is fantastic, but it just never. Um, it kind of resonated with me as much as No Line did. So, yeah, that's I guess what, that results in not as much. I was going to say, in terms of listening habits, just for me too, it's that that kind of like the the honeymoon period or whatever of the new album is over, and you're kind of like, okay, I I know the songs inside and out now because I've listened to them so much that I'm kind of in that similar boat of like, I need some just some fresh other new music or whatever, something else to listen to for a while. But then, yeah, every so often, still sort of sneak back in, but definitely not in the um, maybe one, one to two times per week at most kind of category right now. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be talking, you know, future episodes about, about all the <laughs> different, <laughs> uh, future, how, cause how many segments are there, Matt, that we're going to be sort of breaking this up? Into? It'll, there's, there's like nine sections, so it'll probably be released in four or maybe five groups, depending upon, you know, how you know time and all that yeah, sort of stuff yeah. so and the last one we'll wait until the new album comes out right is what we're doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure we'll we'll be finished before they're finished with an album <laughs> <laughs> we're still in the weeds of the fan survey so we, just we are in the weeds with the fan survey <laughs> i think very just much polishing, so, yes. just polishing it yeah. it's in the polishing stages now <laughs> 
We got 50 songs. <laughs> <laughs> we have more than 50 survey questions, that's for sure. <laughs> Where did you guys, I'm curious, I think we've talked about this probably when you guys were on the show, but when did you guys um, become a U2 fan? Because that one's kind of an interesting sort of breakdown as well from what I see. Like, it's you brought you, the question was asked as what era did you, or what, um, year, sort of, did you become a YouTube fan? And most prominent one is '84 to '90, so that sort of uh, that period. But where do you guys fall, uh, Beth and Chris? For me, it was absolutely it was Octane Baby. I was 13. Um, it was it was as that album came out, and like a lot of people, familiar with radio hits and some of their previous, um, you know, um, singles. But it wasn't until Octane that I became aware of them as a band and then it you know just got ugly from there uh, <laughs> and I would love I would I'm looking forward to hearing Chris's response to this question oh uh, me Chris yeah um so I uh I was very familiar as a DJ a radio DJ so I know all of their hits but um and I enjoyed like Octune in high school and Joshua Tree but wasn't really a huge fan um until I was forced to go to 19 shows and now they're all I listen to. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, you know, I enjoyed their music. Um, but it, I was never, I never considered myself a major fan, um, until I would say about two, three years ago. And then, um, kind of just gave them a second look, you know, I played them on the radio all the time and just kind of, you know, spun their hits and then moved on. Um, and then once I started listening to some of their B-side stuff, uh, that's when I really started appreciating them a lot more than... Oh, know. interesting. So yeah, in the in the survey, you would have said 2009 to present is when you, you know... Yeah, quote, yeah quote, that's came. when I answered it, yeah. Yeah, which is a 5% of the of survey, you know, which typically, you know, just using broad strokes would be like, oh, that's got to be the young people who are, you know... Mm-hmm. just finding you too or whatever but yeah it's there's obviously well i mean old, you know my but. mom my mom didn't get into you two until uh she had the album dropped into her iphone oh really yeah and, yeah she oh, was wow. also a dj for a while and she you know heard the radio hits never thought much of them and then got the album dropped in her iphone and was like oh wow they're actually not bad and so now she's gone back and starting starting with their older stuff as well see that would be i i don't know i mean you can do a million go back in time and do this again or whatever kind of things but like to know someone because that the way the album dropped obviously was very controversial and interesting and and to find out that if there are people who uh, like, I don't know how you do this, but like who didn't really know you two that much back then, but because of the way they just got this album for free in their phone actually was a like a uh, changing moment for them and sort of followed this band now because of that. Because often all we hear about is all, well, all I hear about is all the tech nerds complaining that you two invaded their iPhone and et cetera, kind of jokes that, that way. Um, and I know obviously you two fans were really happy to get it. And, but yeah, those, the other folks, <laughs> you know, what's, you know, what's really funny. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Can I share this? I don't know if I can share this. Anyway, I just, I do this like, you know, once a month or so. I just go to Twitter and I go to the search box and I type U2 album phone. Three hours ago, some guy named Chaz. I'm still working on getting that U2 album out of my phone. <laughs> 11 hours ago. I still cannot get this stupid U2 album <laughs> off my phone. 12 hours ago. I know I probably missed this bus, but how the hell do I get this U2 album <laughs> off my phone? And this is all it has chaos. been 18 months, you guys. 18 
18 months. We should set up the at you two as a like a little Twitter bot thing where it we goes back totally and re- replies bot, to people yeah. and says, here's how you do it. But you might want to consider listening to Sleeps Like a Baby Tonight. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, <anything. laughs> you know, like, like, it's still 18 months later, people are still talking about this. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And the one guy, I just looked here too, back, is that when the preloaded U2 album starts playing on your phone, it's a, a photo or maybe of him, just or somebody rolling their eyes, just like, oh my goodness, like this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I've deleted the U2 album off my phone four times now, and I'm just about ready to completely give up on life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so just funny. Works. <laughs> I'm with there you, you K eight. <laughs> yeah, I can't see that, but apparently it works. Um, anyways, yeah, it, there's there's an interesting. So maybe there's YouTube fans listening uh, to this show, anyways, who who are here because we we aren't we aren't able to drop the <laughs> the podcast right onto your phone necessarily, but um, maybe send us a tweet or something. Send a tweet to the cool. at YouTube account if uh, if that's you. If you were somebody who started liking the band because of the free album dropped into your phone or iPod touch or iPad or oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be fun to do. That really would. I'd... Maybe there's nobody, maybe there's somebody. Well, Chris's mom. That's one of the, so. the, by the way, that's one of the questions I think in the very last section of the, of the survey was we asked, did you like it? Did you love it? The way they released the thing? I don't remember what the results are. So that, but that'll be coming. Stay tuned. Later few weeks stay tuned for more <laughs> i agree with mrs mullen jr who just commented maybe soe will come with an soi removal app <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and how do we give mrs mullen jr props for that <laughs> you can fave it or, yeah like just star whatever that does That's brilliant <laughs> all right anything else from the survey to to discuss anything worth mentioning it's the only the only other thing that that I called out in the article was um, U2.com membership way up when we did it in 2012. It was 45 um, percent said that they pay are paying members of U2.com, and then this year it's 58 percent. And then for the first time, we um, I set up the survey so that if you said yes to that question that you pay that you're a paying member at U2.com, you got a bonus question that nobody else saw. Oh, and so we asked, you know, what are what's the number one reason? What's the main reason you you're a U2.com member? And where's the result of that? It was like eighty. Hold on a second. Hold hold. Hold the phone, Paul. Here we go. What's the primary reason you pay to become a U2 to pay to be a U2.com member? And it's um. Eighty-one yeah. percent do so for the ticket pre-sales opportunity. One fan said that they their main reason is because they want the twenty-five percent <laughs> discount for merchandise, <laughs> and two fans said full access to the Zootopia message boards. There What's that? Go. One person so, buying at the gift shop, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Must I, have been one really expensive item that they needed that discount on. <laughs> yeah. I I have to say that I I fall through the cracks on that question because I'm I don't know maybe this is more common but I'm a a member but I didn't pay for it because someone gifted me a membership so I don't know I wasn't sure how to ask answer that question if I was a, I I know oh. technically I am a member so that's kind of what you're getting at but I didn't actually pay for it so um but huh. Um, Anyways, it's not like I hadn't that, thought yeah, I hadn't thought about that but anyway yeah I just I was you know every we always talk about. There's always a lot of talk about, you know, are they going to offer pre-sales and, you know, the whole issues that they've had in past years about, you know, 
charity. the ticket situation and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I'm glad to finally have a number on, you know, just, you know, why do people pay for YouTube.com? And not surprisingly, that's the, you know, that's the overwhelming reason that they do. So, so I was going to make a comment too, that uh, like when you started at the beginning of talking about the survey and how much data you're collecting and all that kind of stuff, um, the conspiracy nuts out there might think you're in cahoots somehow with you too. And there's like some like stats analytics marketing genius thing that's going on here you you work in search engine marketing so probably you're like deviously selling this back to you too for millions of dollars <laughs> no but every time we do the survey i and i start to look at the results i'm like you know man the band should see this stuff this is like such incredible research for them yeah. and if not the band then you know, Sebastian and Martin and the people that work on the website at least need to see this stuff. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's incredible data research. So I'm not giving them any behind the scenes access to it or anything like that. If, you know, they can look at it online as yeah. well as anybody can and see what they need to see. So, um, so yeah, it is. It's, but the, no, there's, I mean, there's no, there's no, I, I don't even email them to say, Hey, by the way, we published our results. I'm just going to assume that, you know, if they are interested in seeing it, they'll find it. Um, so, but yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's incredible. You know, a lot of these questions are really incredible, especially when you get to like into the later sections about, you know, songs that maybe fans would like to see dropped from concerts and favorite songs on albums and all that sort of stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's, I think it's fantastic. If I was in the band, I'd love to look at this stuff, sort of stuff. Bono was definitely online looking at that going, ha, going to keep it in just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Damn it. We're going to play Pride every night. <laughs> we're going to open and close with it. Different versions. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be the intermission song. <laughs> exactly. They'll just speechify in between versions of Pride. That's going to be a uh, SOE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right well uh we should wrap up this episode of the podcast but before we do i just want to chat a bit briefly quickly or whatever about the youtube tattoo project that you guys are are doing i know mm -hmm. we talked touched on it at the beginning of the show but just uh where is it at what's what can people find out what what do you need help with um yeah uh we are um still recovering from Dublin <laughs> and all the travels <laughs> we did. We went, we went to 19 shows um, uh, in the name of research and mm. data collection. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was not pleasurable at all. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Sounds so awful. now we, <laughs> we have all this data. Now we have photos, we have um, interviews um, that we're going through and trying to make sense of it. Um, I just presented on the project at the uh, uh, popular culture association conference in Seattle. There is such a thing uh, and it's fascinating. Like we think our fandom is nerdy and then you go and you're like, Oh, the, you know, check out these guys. Wow. Um, but um <laughs> <laughs> like what like so, star trek and star wars and stuff oh no yeah. that's mainstream compared to some of the stuff that we saw yeah and there's some wow. pretty obscure stuff but there's entire panels there's entire tracks on doctor who fandom on yeah. tolkien um, they had an entire day dedicated to tolkien studies yeah oh. yeah really wow it's yeah. pretty intense yeah um <clears throat> And uh, so we're just we're mining through the data right now. Um, we are um, 
looking at why people get tattoos. I'm especially studying the designs and the symbols and the logos. That's what drove all this to begin with, is I want to know what um, <laughs> what tattoos people are getting, what marks they're getting. Um, we're working on an exhibition uh, that's going to be at my university in August at University of North Florida. Um, and uh ultimately want to do some sort of um, book or, or some sort of printed collection of what we're finding. The website's horribly out of date, but that's also next on my list. I want to ultimately have this great searchable database um, of, of all the tattoos we've collected, both in person and from online sub submissions, where you can search, uh, you can filter by album, you can filter by body part. So if you want to see all the tattoos um, inspired by Octane Baby, on ankles you can you can find that um so we're doing that um and you know i'm i'm looking at it i'm an anthropology professor so i'm looking at it from kind of a social cultural perspective and as a professor i've got this summer off so if there's folks who have few two tattoos um I'm not opposed to a road trip. Get in touch. Let us know. I'd love to sit down. We've gotten some amazing tattoos that we're still trying to figure out how to present some stories that um, still kind of get me a little choked up when I think about the stories behind them. So get in touch with us. We'll gladly, I mean, you know, um, we're trying to collect more. We have uh, between online submissions and our personal collection. We're at, what, what did you say about? Close to about 350, about 350 different yeah. people, not 350 different tattoos, because most people have multiple tattoos. Um, but this exhibition in August here in, will be in Jacksonville um, towards the end of August. And we're going to have uh, we're looking at making it a short run exhibition that will be highly interactive and kind of presentation based mm -hmm. as opposed to come in, look at some what well, you know what uh, in the museum world we you know call them frames on walls. We're actually looking at doing like computer generated graphics and animations oh, wow. and um, a scaled down zoo TV, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> and bringing in experts from health, from mental health, from anthropology, graphic design, tattoo that kind artists. of stuff. Tattoo artists and in fact, making it. We want to live stream somebody getting a tattoo, a mm -hmm. YouTube tattoo. We don't we don't want to drive this. But if somebody is planning to get a YouTube tattoo specifically. <laughs> if somebody's looking to get a YouTube tattoo around August 18th, we'd love to live stream it um, while we have somebody talking about the processes that are happening. If anybody's looking to get maybe sleep like a baby later, son, um, on their lower back. Um, I might spend fifty bucks out of my own bank account to help that. Yeah, I think we should have a, like a fund ca fundraising campaign, not to pay for Matt's tattoo, but to you know go to charity or something. But, um, but yeah, that out of that would Matt would just be guilted into getting some sort of <laughs> You guys are trying to ruin my marriage. Is what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's just fun. We've collected so much stuff and the stories really took over this project fast. I thought it was about symbols and artwork and designs and finding some official unofficial logo. But um, the stories took over real fast and it's just become a study yeah. in fandom and it's fantastic. And we're uh, grateful for everybody who's um, shared their their mm. story and their body with us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, by the way, to anybody who, who has helped us. Thank you so much. And how much we've learned about body modification and, you know, some of the stuff that we're finding out, I'm talking with other professionals who study bod mod and they're surprised by kind of what we're finding. So thank you very much. So the, 
I can't remember if we talked, we probably, I probably asked something like this on the last time when you guys were on the show to talk about this, but like, what was the, it would, like you're saying, like things you found out about what's sort of the weirdest or like, and, and I mean that in the, in the awesome, like loveliest way, but weirdest <laughs> like tattoo related, you two related thing you saw on the tour and the, you know, your throughout this project because and i really mean i mean we're joking but i really do mean that in the in a great way because i think it's awesome that people are doing that and and are willing to do that and want to do that and the creativity like you said of it of it all so I, yeah. <laughs> we have some favorites um you want to share your favorite you first and then i'll piggyback off of with a different one okay well if you're looking for kind of uh, humorous and weirdness and a little bit of an oddity we um uh we're going down the line in new york in summer at Madison Square Garden. And uh, this, uh, you know, we have our signs up that say, show us your tats. And uh, this this guy kind of flags us over. And I was like, ah, oh, he's, he's pulling our leg. Um, A little uh, Seth Rogen-esque looking guy. Yeah. But then he lifts up his shirt and reveals his belly. And he's got a... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a tattoo of Fly Era Bono on his stomach. And the story was that when he was a teenager, when he was 16, he got his girlfriend's name tattooed on his stomach. And uh, the young love did not last. A couple of years later, oh. he's, he's 19, needs to um, kind of get rid of this. His current girlfriend's not a fan of it. And he thinks, <laughs> what is permanent? <laughs> what is permanent in my life? And for so many of us, uh, it's Bono. And so he got the girl's name covered up with this um, portrait of Bono. and. Um, the gentleman has, as we all have, uh, gained a little weight over the years and his, his waistline has expanded. And now Bono, Fly Bono, looks kind of like a mix between Jimi Hendrix and Jeff Goldblum from The Fly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Big Goldblum. <laughs> like he's got an afro. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> kind of, kind of a, a, well, it makes a Dan Aykroyd kind of cone head afro thing happening. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but it was great. And it was, um, you know, uh, um, it was um, it's just a funny story. We've had some heartbreaking ones and across all of them, yeah. you know, in, in terms of figuring out why people do this, it's a lot about agency and kind of taking control of your body. And mm -hmm. um, it's looking at I just think it's such a testament to you, too, that people go, what's the constant in my life? And it's not always love and it's not always, um, uh, you know, that uh, um, family members, but it's it's this band and this music. And that's just overwhelming. Um, if I can jump in, I'd love to answer Nancy's question. Yeah, do you want me to talk say, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want me to talk about Sarah? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, for me, and this is the one that still kind of gets me. Nancy here asks, were most of the tattoos in memory of someone? And yes, um, most of them have something to do with a memory. And, you know, we've got uh, hundreds of memory ones, but the one that always jumps out at me. Um, so my background is I was a journalist. I covered 9-11. I was right in the thick of it. I've seen lots of stuff and, you know, kind of hardened toward that. Um, but we are in... Toronto. Toronto. And um, this young, younger girl, I, she's in her mid twenties, um, has a heart and suitcase right on her back. And it says, um, I know this is not goodbye. And I can't tell you how many hearts and suitcases we've seen with some kind of lyric mantra. So I'm snapping away and not paying much attention. And then she goes in to tell the story of, of it. And um, she had twins and one of them didn't make it past about seven weeks old. Wow. And um, that was the only way she could get to sleep at night was listening um, to U2's music and holding the still living seven week old 
listening to the lyrics, I know this is not goodbye. She's Christian, believes that she'll see, she'll be reunited with her child someday and that her family will be back together in heaven, knowing that this moment is not goodbye for her. So something, you know, heart and suitcase, which I've, I can't tell you how many several hundred hearts and suitcases we've seen. It's possibly the most frequent. Yes. We have three contenders, but yes. it's, it's up there. But when you start getting what that icon represents, um, and that's what we've really found is that fans appropriate the YouTube imagery for their own meaning completely out of the context of what the band or any marketing agency ever intended for it. And they kind of find something that they think is works for their life and completely appropriate it into something for themselves that's outside of fandom, outside of the band, yeah. outside of all of that. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. Yeah, that is. Yep. And so the 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 site, like you mentioned, Beth, you're obviously like I'm. I can only imagine the amount of material and media and stuff you have. Are you are you talking like you have written stories, audio stories, videos, all of the yeah, Both. Or, yeah. We, all of it. We've yeah. kind of been accumulating <laughs> it every way we can. Um, you know, when we go on site to the concerts and can interview people in the line or or getting to the arena, we um. Uh, audio record the interviews while while Chris has been documenting them with still photos. We've just recently started uh, videoing some of our interviews. Um, in Seattle, we got to meet up with Riley, who was the, the blue-haired girl who got pulled up the first night of the Innocence and Experience tour in Vancouver. Um, she's got she's got some tattoos. Uh, we got to talk to um, Nancy, who's a breast cancer survivor, who got um, some YouTube uh, tattoos over her mastectomy scars. Um, and so we videoed those. It's audio. It's um, written stuff based on um, the online submission form. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people go to the website, to tattooproject.com they can there's a form there they can upload photos to they can kind of share their story and for some people it's brief it's i've loved you too since i was 12 and then other people it's paragraphs and and i love reading that i love finding the story and finding out why so we're we're approaching it from every angle we're kind of backlogged on data uh but we we share sporadically over our social media outlets and um ultimately it's going to be brilliant. And um, yes, Justin Kent says you should fly Paul over from Spain. Um, we've we've we, we just talked about yeah, that we were last actually night. just talking about that last night about could we get because you know we we Paul's shot the him guy in who um, got on stage for City of Blinding Lights in the U two HBO broadcast mm-hmm. covered in tattoos. Um, uh, and we, we shot him in Dublin. We shot him in Dublin, but Dublin, much like uh, the Arctic tundra of Canada, uh, <laughs> was cold and everybody's got layers and layers on. So we're inside and the lighting's horrible. So we got his his um, <clears throat> tattoos, but we'd love to shoot him in a real studio setting. And we just last night were like on kayak looking up trips to Barcelona, which is where yeah. he is. Wow. I, had to, I had to shoot him in a mall food court in Dublin because that was the only <laughs> place that had adequate lighting and was warm enough for him to disrobe. And it's mall food court. So I'm trying to Photoshop it. But we're not just looking at that. I mean, you know, we interviewed Steve Averill and kind of talked to yeah. him about it. And we interviewed him for about an hour on film at a coffee shop in Dublin yeah. about what he thinks of these tattoos and what Steve Averill thinks about all of this. And nice. we've released a couple of video clips from that interview and we'll continue to leak it out as we kind of get it. And Sean McGrath gave us yeah. some of his time and he's fantastic. In fact, Matt, um, in talking with Steve Averill, I, I found out, which was to me this great little nugget about the Joshua Tree, uh, the, the interior photo of this mysterious object in the lower corner corner. And I was like, this is amazing. I've got this, this great little nugget of information. And I just happened to go look it up online. And I was like, 
yeah, of course you two at you two has this from like years ago. Um, it's a mirror, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a mirror that he carried. Steve Averill yeah. carried so the band could primp um, out in the desert. And I just I, that blew my mind. Um, I was like, oh, it's some sort of lighting thing left over. Bono's, um, Bono's teleportation device he was working on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so the graphic design team, uh, was very generous with their time when we were over in, um, in Dublin. So we've got great stuff coming together and we're now ready to mold the clay. So if you're interested in coming to Jacksonville in August, let us know, or if you have a tattoo, I would love to come and see you, or we'd love to come and see you and shoot it. Yeah. So. Let us know. By then, I think Matt will. But um, <laughs> <laughs> do we know that we're going long here? But like the, I'm trying to remember, and maybe this is a dumb question, but does do the band members have tattoos? They might. Well, Larry does. One right. does. Larry does. And it's the one we see on the cover of Songs of Innocence, which is why right. oh, yeah. uh, it's another sort of serendipitous timing of, of this project. Um, <clears throat> so um, I have, I have a, yep, there it is. Um, oh, there which, it is. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And what's been really cool is seeing his tattoo get turned into a logo and a graphic for, for the marketing and then get turned back into a tattoo. Uh, right. We've seen a few people with it. But, um, yeah, we have we have confirmation that Edge does not have any tattoos. Mm-hmm. He responded, no, sadly, uh, <laughs> when I asked him. And then I uh, um, can't remember if we actually got to, to ask – uh, Bono didn't answer, but uh, Steve Averill in the interview said that he's he's only aware. Not that he's aware. Of. Not that he's aware. Of. He's only aware of Larry's tattoo, unless one of the other members have something that they've never shared with anyone. We'll check with the uh, the Adam Facebook group ladies to see if there's any Adam <laughs> <laughs> tattoos. There's were... definitely nothing on that part. <laughs> right. uh, at least there wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Just a cloverleaf tattoo. Late night. <laughs> Eleven fifty six. We have it gone. Wow, we've gone way over. I <laughs> Chris is going to have to edit the heck out it's of this. It's all been cut. Yep. <laughs> oh, it all straight to tape and out out to the listeners. <laughs> yep. uh, no, that's awesome, and thank you so much for joining us to and yeah, uh, seriously, yeah, and sharing. Thank you for having it the project. It's always a blast. Yeah. You Love guys you guys. Awesome. Love you guys. On camera and off. <laughs> oh, thank you. You guys are too. I love seeing you as often as we did on the tour, and I love that we can get together here on the video camera too. So, yeah, very Back cool. your bags for South America, guys. We'll see you down there. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah. In wrapping up, I guess Matt, anything else that uh, I'll have my usual rundown, I guess, but anything else that we're doing a tourist theme podcast, right? That's what I heard on the last episode, anyways. Next week we're having two of the other gang from our tours team, two of the guys that are like really active in listening to all the old shows and updating the set lists on the website, and so we're gonna talk about how we decide when what a snippet is for example and we're going to argue over certain things and um yeah so if you're into the into the into the youtube live stuff what do you what do you work i was trying to ross ross sent me a dm saying he couldn't couldn't call in with a laptop he's uh, he yeah so we'll find out the answer to the question about uh, sunday bloody sunday snippets next week i guess yeah. So so that that'll that'll be the that'll be the main topic next week. And we'll try to you know try to cover some more of the survey stuff if I get more released this weekend. So yeah. Cool. And uh of course if you're listening out there and you're curious where you can find 
and maybe you're just watching this on Blab for some reason, you stumbled across this video that got thrown into your phone for free, uh, you can find us on uh, the internet at atu2.com. And uh, the podcast officially lives at goodstuff.fm slash atu2. This happens to be episode 20. Eight. I had updated my shortcut there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to panic. And uh, twitter.com slash ATU2, facebook.com slash ATU2.com. And uh, the hashtag is askatu2 that you can submit questions and comments for future episodes if you do that through the Twitters. And uh, I just want to mention, because we didn't, we didn't play it for the live listeners, but podcast listeners later will hear we got some theme music actually sent in from uh, Twitter handle at Simon Peta. And we'll put a link in the show notes. And he's he's from uh, u2.se, which is the Swedish, what, Sweden? Yeah. Sw- yes, the Swedish fan site. Neat guy. And along with the so, thanks to him for the music. And along with that, there's a link that we'll put into. He wrote uh, how to dismantle a siren song in the making of a podcast theme. So he's got a little blog post about where and why and how he came up with the track. And so you'll. Blab live listeners, obviously, unfortunately, this is one part where you don't get the <laughs> get to hear this. You'll have to listen later, I guess, to hear it. But uh, very cool and very thankful for him for him to sending that in. And uh, something we thought we'd try and do is throw it out to the listeners that so we'll use his theme music uh, for the next batch of episodes. But if there's other listeners out there who want to try their hand at maybe you dabble in music or maybe you, you do music more professionally um, and want to submit something, uh, we'd love to try out and see see what the YouTube fans, YouTube podcast yeah. fans, listeners, I guess, anyways, want to... Yeah, we'll have, we'll have different theme music it's submitted by fans. Yeah. And uh, obviously no no swears, no uh, no sleep like a baby covers. Yeah, and we can't... <laughs> I'm joking about that, but we, can, we actually don't want to use any sort of covers of actual YouTube music, as fun as that right. would be. Can't and, do that. Yeah, we're just going to steer For clear copyright. of any sort of legal issues. Um and so, and, uh, and and as long as you're listing things that are no's, there's also no remuneration. <laughs> right. Yeah. We so don't have a budget for this. So. This isn't a contest, and we're not trying to put you. Yeah. We're. Yeah. Yeah. You and I think folks understand and give will give us the benefit of the doubt there. But um, so yeah, thanks for Simon for kicking us off with this, and I hope you enjoy the song that's going to play shortly as I wrap up this podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye.